I'm calling this Lessons Learned from the Canadian Rockies. Um, this is me and Lisa a couple of years ago when we toured the Canadian Rockies. This is Lake Louise. Um, we stayed at a hotel there that I think everybody should stay at one time in their life called uh, the Chateau Lake Louise, which is magnificent. And behind us is a glacier, um, as, a, as a glacier lake, uh, but behind, um, uh, there's actually a glacier in that valley. And uh, it's, it was just amazing uh, to be there and to see this in the summer. This was June uh, a couple of years ago. And um, it was just magnificent. Uh, the Rockies were incredible. And um, we learned a lot on, on that trip. Uh, we had some great tour guides and stuff. And I wanted to share some of that with you because I think it's very relevant to, uh, to our current situation with the pandemic. Um, one of the things we learned... Oh, let me actually um, go back and start the recording here. Sorry. Start recording. Yes, so I wanted to, to, show, to share with you uh, these lessons from the Canadian Rockies. Um, because I, th I think um, you're going to see some resilience and some grit in some of the animals uh, and wildlife that we saw when we were in the Rockies. And, uh, and I learned a lot about this through, from the various tour guides that we, uh, that we uh, you know, talked to. And, um, and, and I think it's, it's really, it kind of pertains. So <clears throat> one of the things that um, we learned about was this, this uh, special uh, woodpecker called the nutcracker. Uh, and um, what they do is very interesting. Uh, there's a lot of forest fires, natural forest fires, not the crazy ones that happen in California, whatever. But there's some natural forest fires that happen in the Rockies, in the Canadian Rockies, and probably the American Rockies too. And what happens is a, a lot of these trees, um, they, they, they get burned up. Um, but they, um, but what, what these uh, woodpeckers, these special wood, nutcracker woodpeckers do, is they, they find seeds, right? They find seeds. Uh, so they'll go into, with their, you, you look at their beak, it's very sharp. They'll go into pine cones that have fallen on the floor. Um, and they, um, they will pull out the seeds and then they'll bury them, uh, especially in areas where there has been this deforestation because of natural forest fires. Um, and it says there on the bottom, each bird buries tens of thousands of seeds each summer and remembers the locations of most of them and sees that they don't retrieve, so they go back and eat them. Obviously, this is for food. Um, but sees that they don't retrieve, grow new pine forests. Isn't that brilliant? Like the way that the pine forest, like they showed us this one area that was like completely burnt out. And then a couple of miles down the road, they showed us another area that was all having all these gorgeous pine trees. And like what happened is these birds took these seeds, right? And buried them so that they could eat them during the winter. But the ones that they, and obviously you buried 10,000 seeds, you're probably not gonna get all 10,000. So they ate, let's say 9,000 of them. Uh, but the thousands, they didn't, they didn't eat each one of them turned into a tree, right? Oh my God. Like, is that not the most brilliant thing, Mike? I mean, that's, it's like there's nature, you know, innate intelligence and universal intelligence in action, right? Uh, forest fire occurs naturally to, you know, level the playing field. These birds are taking pine cone seeds and burying them in those areas that have been deforested and then new pine trees grow from the seeds that they don't eat. Like, wow. They, they're, it's like these guys are Johnny Appleseed. This is like the real Johnny Appleseed, right? 
Isn't that incredible? I love that. I thought that was so fascinating. And then the next, um, the next thing is that, oops, sorry. The next is, is oh gosh, these, my PowerPoint is going crazy. Um, the next is, is, the, is the, what they call the wood frog. And the wood frog uh, is fascinating. Um, the wood frog actually uh, lives, like remember we, at Lake Louise, and I showed it to you, and it was in June, and obviously it was water, but during the winter that whole thing is frozen. Um, they actually freeze in the winter. Uh, they actually freeze, and it says their second sentence during this time they stop breathing and their hearts cease to beat they produce a special antifreeze substance that prevents ice from freezing within their cells which would be deadly um, and then uh, when the weather warms the frog thaws and begins feeding and mating again right uh, it's, isn't that crazy so this frog this wood frog in the Canadian Rockies freezes but doesn't die and then comes back to life after the winter and goes back into eating and mating and doing whatever a frog does. Wow. Wow. Uh, I mean, talk about like cryogenics. This is like, I don't know if it's possible in a human being, but wow. Like they, they actually make an antifreeze-like substance in their own blood system to, to stop them from freezing. And so I don't understand how they, they, their hearts don't beat and the blood does, I don't understand how it's even possible. But obviously, there's study, scientists like studying this. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. And I just told you about the deforestation with the forest fires. Last thing I want to talk to you about is this. So we are on a glacier. I don't have a picture of it. But that glacier that you saw, we went uh, on it, um, on the other side of it. Uh, I think it's called like Athabasta Glacier. We, we went on the other side of it because uh, that part of the glacier was not particularly easy to reach. Um, and, um, and we went on this giant truck. I, I should have put a picture up for you guys. Uh, this giant truck um, that's like this sort of, it's like five or ten, it's like 20 feet tall. And you have to climb up a bunch of stairs to get into this thing. And it's got these giant tires, the tires are like the size of me. Um, and um, it was just brilliant. And um, so we were on this glacier, uh, and um, there, there are these, they're talking about how. In, like you, you, when you go onto the glacier, you look in the holes. There's like these holes in glacier, right? Um, and uh, and in those holes, there are these little insects. And some of them are microscopic, and some of them you actually see. Like where the hell do these things come from, right? There's no dirt or anything or trees from miles in either direction, um, and but inside you have these these little insects. And uh, what happens is, is that they adapt to surviving the very, very low temperature. Uh, some produce very hardy eggs, and others can stay in a state of suspended animation until the conditions improve. So just like the, the wood frog, some of them literally freeze uh, and sit that way for, you know, until it warms up a little bit. Like, wow. Like, talk about grit. Talk about perseverance, right? And why am I bringing this up for during the pandemic? Because this is what we need to t learn a lesson from. From these insects, these, these um, I can't remember the name of this, a special name for them. Anybody from Canada remember the name of these insect, insects? Um, there's a name for these hardy 
uh, insects that live in, in glacier holes. Um, and there's these wood frogs and these uh, special woodpeckers. Um, these guys have grit. These guys have strength and fortitude, right? They can last through a tough winter. They plan, they help grow forests by planning for the winter, right? And, and they can last in just the most abominable freezing conditions you can imagine uh, that could be up there. Uh, and I think this is incredible because we have to learn from this. Like a lot of you guys um, might be a little trepidatious about graduating soon, uh, saying, God, this is like crazy time to be in practice. No, it's, it's a great time to be in practice. You know, we're seeing more new patients than ever. We're, 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 this is just an amazing, amazing time to, to, to stake your claim on what we do and to realize that the, the grit that these insects and animals show is also in human beings, right? You see the grit of a, of a, of a mama coming in yesterday who is 41 and a half weeks pregnant. And she's, you know, like, had it, right? Um, but uh, one of the things that Webster will teach is um, only adjust in parasympathetics. When you, you're, you're past 40 weeks, only adjust in parasympathetics. So I, only, I told her that. I said, we're just going to adjust, like, the pelvis and sacrum and adjust your upper cervicals and your round ligaments and pubic bones and stuff. That's it. Nothing else. Um, and, uh, and that's just part of the process. Right, uh, but how tough, you know? You have to help them be tough, because they're like, I just wanted to be over, you know. You have to help them be tough, you know. We had a little boy last night in my practice who's um, on the spectrum, and he was nonverbal when I first met him, and he's talking now, saying some words and stuff, and it's so frustrating because the dad, of course, and the moms want their kids to, they want something right away, and you just have to, to be with them and just say. Hang in there. You know, we're, we, we're doing re-exams. We did two re-exams with this little one. And hang in there. We're seeing changes. We're seeing his eyes improve. We're seeing his, he's calmed down. He's, you know, he, he's, he's making better choices. He's saying hi and bye when he comes in. He's having eye contact. You know, just hang in there. We just have to keep on working with him and working with him and working with him. It takes time. This neuroplasticity is not an instant thing. You know, it's, it's, it takes time, right? And just like, like these things, they don't just wake up and whip like this, right? It takes time to, to get them out of their suspended animation. It takes time for the wood frog to undo its, its antifreeze in its blood or whatever. Um, it takes time for the, the birds to plant those seeds and not to eat certain seeds so that they can grow into a new forest. It, it, everything takes time, right? And that's the grit that you need to, to have for yourself, uh, not to feel like, you know, uh, there's nothing more I can do. You know, I've just been for a couple of weeks and it's not doing it, nothing more I can do. No, don't give up. Don't give up. Right. Um, and, and don't say, oh, well, I feel like I'm taking their money. No, no. You're offering them hope. Where else are they going to get the hope from but you? Right. And I want you to think about when you're when you're just especially these special needs kids um, uh, and these really tough cases that we've been talking about here in the uh, um, advanced technique class. I want you to think about the Canadian Rocky lessons that I just shared with you to understand that they, it says here, until conditions improve. You see that, that last, until conditions improve, right? When, how long do you get adjusted? <laughs> At two or three times a week, until conditions improve, 
right? Right? I really want you to understand that because that's to me the key in everything we're trying to talk about is is how to get how to reach these kids. And we can't reach them quick. Sometimes it is. I mean, once in a while, but that's not the norm. The the norm is it takes time.